Thank you for listening to the Modesto Foursquare podcast. We hope that this message encourages and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Please know that you can always join us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, 510 Bernie Street in Modesto. You can also find more information on our website at modestofoursquare.com. All right, good morning. It's great. Hey, yeah, you do have a lot of papers up here. This is... It's okay. I, I'm like the, can I just like throw them off the, you got, who wants a paper? Just, um, hey, one thing that I would love to do real quick, um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about myself uh, if you even care about that. I don't really care about that, but um, can, can we pray for your pastors? I just, I think it's so, such an honor to come and share with any, any church that I get to go to. And one of the, my favorite things I get to do is I just think I want to bless you guys. Um, you, it's hard to know the weight of what they do um, when, you, when you've never done it. Um, being it, where we are for 12 years now and, and carrying the weight that, that we know, can understand, it's, it's a heavy price to pay. And I, I just want to, they're, they're doing such a good job. And uh, I know that some, some are like, okay, all right, we're going we're gonna to trust. We're going to, ah, okay, Tyler, Cassie, oh, are you sure? You know, like, I, I understand all that. Um, but these are two godly leaders that, that love Jesus and are on mission. And man, you can't go wrong. Like, they love people as long as you love people. Well, uh, you can't go wrong on that. So can you guys come up here? And would you just, just reach your hands out? I just want to come on all the way up here. I want them to see you and bless you. Um, yeah, Jesus, we just come before you with Tyler and Cassie. Lord, they're two beautiful kids. Jesus, we thank you for the calling that you've put on their life to say yes to here at Modesto Foursquare Church. We thank you that they are pastors at heart. Lord, that you've given them vision, that you've given them uh, the experience, the understanding of what it means to lead and guide this congregation. Jesus, we thank you that you're the one who builds a church. We are to be honored and privileged to uh, be part of it and, and to be used in every way. So we thank you for their ministry. We thank you for their family. And Lord, I thank you that you're doing something powerfully new here. Lord, we honor the past. We say, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you've done, because without that, we wouldn't be where we are today. And so we say, Lord, as we look forward to what you're doing, we say, Lord, have your way. Give them momentum. Give them uh, the, the people and the support around them. This congregation would rise up and say, pastors, what do you need? How can, we, how can we reach the lost? How can we reach the young? How can we care for those that are in need? Whatever it might be, Lord, that they would be surrounded with people who love them and champion them and encourage them all the days uh, that, that they're here at this church. Lord, we thank you for, for the work that you're doing. And we say, Lord, bless, bless, bless. Uh, bless every aspect of their marriage, their, their children, um, and then this congregation as well. So we, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing through them. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody say amen loud, nice and loud. Amen. 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 <clears throat> I, just, I just really, um, I love you guys and I so appreciate what you've been doing. And it takes a lot of courage to come in to a, to a church that's been around since 1932 with some who I think 50 years, I see you back there, who've been, been around for 50, 40, 30 years and, and, and have so been blessed by the ministry before and now are kind of walking into this new era of going, okay, we trust you, Jesus, but ah, 
and, and I just, you're doing a very good job. So keep going for it. Keep seeking out Jesus with all this stuff. We do have a lot of uh, similar uh, similarities between our churches. Um, when I took over uh, with my wife at the at Christian Life Center, it was Christian Life Center, and then we, we had the audacity. You guys haven't done this. We had the audacity to change the name. Whew, man, just kidding. Jesus was all over it. We, we went from Christian Life Center to Life Church, and... and um, but one of the beautiful things is, you know, when our, our church was 1933, so you're, you're older than us technically, uh, Andrew Massa did tell me it was really sent out in like the early, the late 20s though. So I think we were older. Yeah, I think, I, I'm just going to say we're older. He doesn't have the microphone right now, so I'm, I'm winning. Um, but we've had, our churches have had faithful, faithful pastors, and it has been a beautiful thing to see. And, and it's something that is, is sadly is rare. And I, I love the fact that these two here are like, we're here. This is what Jesus called us to. And I, I think that's fantastic. We've actually had the same pastor, like back in the 60s-ish uh, around there, Brother Singer. I think he, he either pastored here for a while and then he went to Chico or vice versa. It's just amazing. Uh, so we've actually had the same pastor way back when. And um, I, I, think, I think I love that about the Foursquare Church. It's like, here we are in the Western District. I was born and raised in the Western District. So uh, I've been around, uh, my, my whole life I've been in, in the district, and, and it's just so fun to see all of the churches and, and get to know everybody. Uh, a little bit about me real quick. Uh, I, I've been married to my wife for, for 18 years, almost 19 years in November. Yeah, it's cool. We've got four kids. I, I do have a favorite, and, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> Just kidding, I don't. Um, we've got two dogs. Uh, we, we, we were the family that thought, man, that we should get a dog. And then we went, wow, having one dog, they, it needs a friend. So, it, so we got another dog. And then we went, why did we get dogs? So if you are a dog person and you want two lovely, wonderful dogs, here's the deal. I'll give them to you and I'll pay for their food the rest of their lives. How about that? Okay? So you come talk to me if you feel God calling you to, to take these dogs. Um, We've been pastoring up in Chico for uh, lead, leading for 11 years. We've been there for 12. And um, we have a lot of familiar, similar aspects of what Tyler and Cassie have been walking you guys through. Uh, it, it's a long journey, and it's a patient journey. And it's one where as long as Jesus is in front, it's going to be okay. Uh, as long as he's in front of you, as, as long as he's in front of uh, Tyler and Cassie, as long as he's in front of the leadership and the council, man, we're, we're going to see some wonderful, wonderful things happening. I don't know about you, but I feel like I, I love you guys already. Like I got to hang out with some of you last night and it was such a joy just to kind of sit back and get to know you and, and uh, staying at your guys' house over there. It's just like, oh, this is so amazing. And um, the Lord is doing something powerful. And uh, my question is, are you ready? Like, are you, seriously, are you ready? Because there's a lot of empty seats in here that are going to be full. It's not going to take long because what you, what you receive when you come in to, to the fellowship, I don't know what you call the lobby, foyer, with a foyer. That's fancy. Wow. Woo! I'm like, I'm like, let's just call it the lobby. It's easier for everybody. But I won't change that. They'll change that. So get mad at them when they say, let's just call it the lobby. Um. What, what I'm, I'm just feeling in my heart as a pastor, and I get, to see a lot of, I get to see a lot of churches and a lot of pastors, and I have lots of relationship. This is going in the right direction. 
And I, I'm telling you to be ready. Uh, the doors are still open. You see that, uh, this kind of the title of my sermon this morning. It's one of the things that I would tell our congregation often. Our, when I, this is wonderful. When I, when I transitioned in, it was like, is anybody going to show up today? Because uh, I, I don't want to just preach to my wife, and my little kids. Um, the doors are still open. And if the doors are still open, the Lord still has a plan. And if he's got a plan and you're here, he's using you in that plan and you are vital to the plan. There's no bystanders. There's nobody on the outside. You're all in the game. Is everybody breathing in the room? Everybody's got breath? You're in the game. You're in the game. No matter how bad you're hurting, no matter how much you need to heal up, no matter how much you think you need to grow in, you're in the game. And, and God can use you in powerful, mighty ways. And, and you never know what one invitation does, not just to one person's life, but the generations after their life. Come on. Like, let's send 50 more kids into, into your, your children's ministry, like after worship. That's going to be happening. And it's not going to take a long time. So, so maybe be flexible and ready for the changes that come because w- as people come in, you kind of have to go, whoa, wait, what are we doing? How are we going to do this? What, are, what is this going to look like? And we got to navigate those things. So I want to I really encourage you, just be ready. The doors are open. I would tell this to our church. Hey, the doors are open. There was like seven of us. We're like, yeah, the doors are open. The Lord is going to do something. If not in us, man, it's coming. And so uh, I would just say that all the time. And, and now we kind of look around after 10, 11 years, and we're kind of like, whoa, maybe we should have shut them every once in a while. <laughs> like, we don't know what to do. It's, and that's going to be happening more and more. Um, so, so well done. Especially I want to just say to those who have been around longer than these guys have been alive, <laughs> like, can I just say thank you? It is it, just like having a pastor for a really long time. It's really rare to see people who have faithfully served one church for decades. And that is a powerful, powerful thing. And so just thank you. Thank you for leading that, that way. Thank you for just walking into these things with Jesus in the midst of like, I'm not very happy about what's happening right now. You know, whatever it might be. Like, just thank you for your faithfulness. And, and it's such an example to those that come in that go, whoa, you, you get it. You get the faithfulness of family. If God's called you to the family, man, you're here. And you go, yeah, we're a family. Yeah, not, not everything's perfect, but we're going to roll with it because God's in it and he hasn't called me out of it. So here we are. It's really fun. Uh, I, I love that. So you're part of it. You're part of all of this. And, and it's going to be an exciting thing where when he like highlights you, he taps your shoulder and he goes, hey, it's your turn step up. It's, it's time to serve in Life Kids, or what we call it Life Kids, children's ministry. Uh, it's, it's time to serve with the youth. It's time to be on the worship team. It's time to come to Tyler and cast and say, hey, I don't know what God's doing, but anything you need? Like, can I help in any way? Man, when you get that question, you're just like, oh, oh, whoa, yeah, let's sit and talk about this. You know, let's pray about this. But I've got a million ideas of what we can do. Um, uh, one of the one of the things I would just give you a little bit of my history with our church, and you know our church was pretty empty, and and not necessarily Sundays, but just throughout the week, just like 
there's nothing really going on. And I, I was like, oh, man, what, am I, what are we doing? And um, one of my prayers was like, Lord, would you, just, would you just begin to fill the church? Not necessarily on Sundays, but I mean, yeah, well, great. That'd be awesome. But really use the building, use the land, use this as a resource. And, and so I began praying this for, for a year or two as I would be like, I don't know what I'm supposed to, to do, so I'm going to pray. And I began to have this conversation with the Lord, like, just, just use your church and we'll facilitate whatever you want. And so I started getting some knocks at the door. Hey, is there any way we could maybe use the church for our homeschool co-op? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're talking like kids and families come in? Uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. What do you need? How can we help you? How, how can we set this up? Okay, so, so that's one. And, and another year comes by, another year comes by, and, and another homeschool co-op comes. Can we, can we use your, your church? Like, yeah, these, these guys use it on these days. You want to use it on these days? Yeah, great. So soon enough, the church was being used almost every day of the week. And, and uh, some of them actually started coming to the church. That's, that naturally happened. Really, really fun stuff, one after another. So we have these homeschool co-ops, and then all of a sudden, another church in town, they came to us, and they said, hey, is there any way we could use your, your sanctuary, you know, maybe Sunday nights? Like, yes, please. Absolutely. Fill it. Use the building, you know. And so they started using the, the church, and, and they were a vineyard church, and the pastor and I became, we were already pretty good friends, but we started meeting regularly. And then uh, he, was, he was an older pastor. I won't say how old, because I don't want to offend anybody. But um, he, he, uh, he comes to me, and he goes, hey, you know what? I, I feel like the Lord's asking me to, to, to step down from senior leadership, but I'm not done with ministry. What do you think if we join together? And on day one, I was thinking, can we just join together? I think that'd be a lot better. I think we're, we're on the same track. We're, we're spending the same resource. Let's just do this together. And he, he, he says, what do you think? And I'm like, I've been thinking about this since day one. Let's go. Let's, let's see what happens. So over a course of about six months, we joined together. So a four-square church and a vineyard church joined together. And it just began this ministry that all of a sudden there were people here. Uh, not that there weren't before, but we combined and, and all of a sudden we had a multi-generational church and that began to do something for our community in an incredible way. That was back in t- 2017. And so he's, he's, we're still together and doing this thing and it's, it's phenomenal. 2018, if you remember, there was the campfire up in paradise. I don't know if anybody remembers this huge, huge, huge fire up in paradise that burnt the entire city down. Well, paradise is 15 minutes uh, up, the, up the road from us. So where did they all come? They came right into Chico. And so here we are, we're in this uh, new partnership with this, this, this united church together. We just joined together. We're learning one another, but we're also going, wow, now we, now we have some resource to like actually like care for the city a little bit more and think, think beyond ourselves. And, and so they, we, we joined together and then all of a sudden this campfire hits and man, the need that came out of that is still to this day, five years later, still astronomical. But guess what? We have the, the ability to actually look out and go, what can we do? How can we serve? How can, what, what do we need to do? And so one of our staff members, she goes, hey, this might sound crazy, but can we just do a kid's camp for, for a week and just see how that goes? I mean, this is, think about parent, you're, you're losing everything of your community. You're losing your, your job. You're losing your school. You're losing your church. You're losing your passports and your social security cards and your insurance and your cars. And, and you've lost everything. And you're just trying to figure out what, how can I even take care of my family? So what do I need? So parents needed time to just go do all of the busy things. And what are they going to do with their kids? Like, well, let's see if people 
we'll, we'll love on your kids and hope, be a safe place. And, and so we had a hundred kids. We, we planned basically a VBS in three hour meeting and said, let's just open up our church and do this thing. And so a hundred kids came and we have no idea who these kids are. I'm like, but we're like singing worship songs, like doing all the things. We're sending them off, doing all these different things and just like ministering the gospel, but having fun. And, and uh, kids are giving their lives to the Lord. And then parents are just weeping because their kids are taken care of. And then we're, I mean, this, this is so cool what God does. Don't you love what God does? Like, so we're, we're just saying yes, but we're saying yes to the opportunities that the Lord's given us. We're not saying yes to the things that he's not opening doors to. We're just navigating. What doors are you opening? And we're going to walk through these doors. And so, uh, so we're saying yes to these things. And, and uh, I have really good relationships with the other pastors in town. And so there were some big churches in the Bay Area that said, hey, we want to help. And so they had their congregation give all the like Walmart and gift, Target gift cards, right? And so they're like, hey, pastor, we've got, we've got some significant gift cards. You want to, can we come and give them to you? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's, yes, absolutely. I had $50,000 in two bags worth of gift cards. Like, I feel like I need one of those armored guards. Like, I don't, like, no, I don't, actually. So I have all these gift cards. And this is, it was just so fun because we could just say, hey, here, bless you. This is, this is the body of Christ. Just bless, use it for anything you want, whatever you need to fulfill your needs, to get, help your kids, whatever. These are the powerful things that the Lord yeah. has been doing. And, and I just go like, how, why are you? We're just saying, yes, this is amazing. And we're rallying our church together. And so I think the Lord really honored that. So then the campfire hits, we, ha- we host this one kids camp, and then it was so good that we did another one, and that just blew up even more. And so all of these families start coming to our church. So we've got like probably 100 new people all devastated by losing their community. Man, you, so, so you have to have a church right now that says, hey, I have eyes to see, I'm going to give, I'm going to care for, I'm going to be available, however that looks. And, and so we needed to partner and come together as a community to say, hey, like, I can't do all this, it's impossible. But how do we just love on and care for and bless those that come? Pretty powerful stuff. And so because of that, it just generated all this momentum. And, and then schools burnt down. So we had multiple schools come to us and say, Is it, do you think we could use your church as a school? Like, you could, yes, but one, first of all, we have zero Wi-Fi. Like, so you have to figure that problem out for us. So they come in. Uh, we, we welcomed a school in called the Chief Charter School. And now they, are, uh, they, they came in. They used literally every office space, every closet. They, they used closets for counseling kids. I mean, they used every square inch of our building. And then, and then they said, they looked at our back half of the property that we have. That was a big old softball field that I'm thinking for years, I'm thinking, Lord, we don't utilize this well enough. Like, but it's like costly to figure anything out. We didn't have any money at all. And I'm like, but Lord, you could do something with this. Like people would die to have the space, you know? And, and so the school goes, hey, you got any plans for, for this, this back here? I'm like, yeah, you want to build a school? Yeah, let's do it. So we partner together. This is the most amazing thing that the Lord does. The Lord used all of the state emergency funding to build the school on the back of our campus. Like phenomenal. So they build this school in basically six months. 
It was crazy. Bulldozers and big old tractors, all the things. They bring in all of these modulars and fill up, fill up our back, back half of our property. And all of a sudden, we have this huge school in the back of our property. Hundreds and hundreds of families come in, in and out of our parking lots every single day. Talk about a prayer that I didn't know was being answered with a homeschool co-op. Like 20 people. Like, and now here's hundreds of kids. And, and our kids go to that school. I'm, I'm the basketball coach. It's just like... Wow, what is the Lord doing with this? When the Lord knocks, we open the door. When the Lord knocks, like, we're just, Lord, whatever you want. If you're calling me to open a door, you're going you're gonna to give me everything I need to walk through that door. But I definitely don't want to walk through the doors that he's not opening. So we got to have some discernment and some ability to really navigate this well together. But just phenomenal, phenomenal sense. Would you open up to Revelation chapter 3? Yeah, I'm the pastor who comes and preaches, and I'm like, go to Revelation. Yes! Um, You'll see what I'm talking about here in a second. Revelation chapter 3, we're going to read a a little bit in in a little bit, but I'm just thinking about this door, these doors of opportunity, these doors that are like, man, I want to know what the Lord's doing. I want to have an idea of if he's knocking on the door, I want to answer it. There are practical things of a door, of course. Doors are used for safety. Um, Anybody lock their doors at night? Uh, Nobody. Wow, okay, Uh, you do. You're smart, okay. Everybody up? Okay, I see another one. Uh, You know, most of us use our doors to, to keep things safe inside, but also keep out that which you don't want to come in, right? So, so it's got a practical sense, um, but then it's also got a real spiritual sense as well. And so when you read through scripture, you'll see door here, door there, and, and, and Paul talks about these doors of opportunity left and right. And, but the practical sense is, man, I, I, I hope that people are coming through the front door and not coming over the, the fence or coming in through a window, the, that would be an intruder. You know that that's not safe. Like, like, we have doors for specific reasons. But then the biblical sense, you know, Jesus is called the gate. He's called the, he says, I am the door. And, and when we look at Jesus, we, we think about, man, we need to come to Jesus. He is our access point. He is the door to the entrance into the kingdom of heaven. And so we come to Jesus, and in John chapter 10, it says this, where Jesus says, I am the door, or I am the gate. It depends on what translation you have. It says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So we got we to gotta come to Jesus. This is, this is the key differential part of any religion. It's Jesus. We've got to come to Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus is key. We've got to go to Jesus. They, they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life and have it to the full. Come on, we got to go to Jesus who gives us this full, abundant life, which is powerful, which is really exciting and fun. Jesus later on in John chapter 14, it's not on the board, but it says this. He says, no one can come to me except through the, uh, no one can come to the Father except through me. And so he's saying, look, come come to me. I'm knocking at the door. Like, open the door. Like, just come through me. I'm inviting you all to come through me. So this door of opportunity, uh, another way that the scriptures use this word door is just through this opportunity. Paul says this a couple of times in 1 Corinthians. It says, but I will stay at, on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has been opened to me. And there are many who oppose me. 
Acts chapter 14, he says, he later says, Paul says this, he says, God had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. So you're seeing this door of opportunity. Anybody go like, man, this door was just opened up for me. I walked through it. It was just like, wow, it just seemed like it was so godly. Wow. Or yeah, the Lord kind of shut that door. And I, I might be a little confused. I'm not sure, but man, he shut that door. It's really clear. I'm not supposed to go through that one because I don't got a battle axe to, to bash it down, and, I, and nor do I want to. If he shuts those doors, you go, you honor. Say, Lord, your plan is better than mine. Your ways are better than mine. You know far more than what, for, for your creation, than what I need, than in, instead of what I think I need. Jesus says, knock, and the door will be opened to you. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Let's be knocking on the door of Jesus, constantly. Jesus, hey, Jesus, um, Jesus, can, can you help me? Jesus, hey, we have a need. Jesus, what do you want to do with my life? Hey, Jesus, hey, can you help me with this person? Hey, Jesus, continually be knocking on the door of Jesus. And I, I did say that some doors need to stay closed. Uh, Genesis chapter, chapter 4, it, it's such a clear picture when, when the Lord is talking to Cain. He says, if you do what is right, you will, not be, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. You wanna, let's keep that door shut, huh? Can we just agree as a church, like the temptation that leads us to open that door and go, oh, you know, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, you know, I'll be good with Jesus. No, I, it's okay. He understands that I deserve and I need this whatever. And Jesus is going, no, no, shut that door. The sin is crouching at the door. It's going to eat you alive. So let's be diligent, let's be alert, let's be sober-minded to say, man, I do not want to open up any door where sin is crouching at the door. I want to, I want, in fact, I want to like barricade that door. I want to tell Tyler about that door. Hey, that's a temptation for me. Help me out, brother. I want to stay as far away from that door because I know that the temptation leads to this death. Because the wage of sin is death. So you open that door. Hey, death, how are you today? Why? So let's, let's like shut that one up. I want to just real quick intro to Revelation 3. <laughs> Haven't even read the main scripture yet. Uh-oh, you're never going to have me back. Intro to Re- Revelation chapter 3. This is the letters to the churches. Um, if you've read basically chapter 2 through chapter 3, these are seven letters to the churches that Jesus writes to these churches. Uh, let me just read this real quick it on the screen, but it says this, the seven churches are representative of all churches of that time, as well as churches in subsequent generations. The letters are to be interpreted historically, pastorally, and practically with, check this out, immediate application instructing the seven, uh, seven actual churches with ongoing application, this is to us, to all local churches throughout church history, giving discernment as to where they stand spiritually before the Lord. So, oh, did I have it up there? No. Well done. When you read these letters, they're short little letters, but when you read them, there's two specific things that usually are said in this. I, the Lord says this, I know your deeds. He goes, I know your deeds. And then he says, yet I hold this against you. 
So it's really a warning. It's like, hey, if Jesus wrote a letter to Modesto Foursquare Church today, what would he say? He'd probably say, man, you're doing a good job. I see how you're loving each other. You're do- keep going. And then he might say, hey, but here's some things that I would really encourage you to keep your eye on the prize, whatever it might be. The Lord would, would say these things to you. I'll let you guys share that letter, not me. But friends, we're up against a cultural tidal wave um, that so opposes Christ, that so opposes the things of God, yet they are the ones who are hungry and thirsty for the very things that they're opposing. And so the church is what Jesus is using to get to the heart of the people. It's just such a a wonderful, beautiful, scary thing that he's going to use you and I to get to those that are far from God. And he's going to use you. Anybody else just kind of like, man, I just feel so honored by this. So we have to be diligent, vigilant. We have to be alert and sober-minded about the call of God on our lives. So it's time. It, it's like, are we ready? Like, we're ready for a move of God? We're ready. Like, I am sensing here, like, man, you guys got to, like, if you're not ready, you're going to be like, what is happening to our church? All the changes, because things are happening and people love being here. Wow, what a problem. It's like when you start running into, like, space problems, oh, celebrate. Oh, you're like, I don't know what we're going to do. We've given, like, at our church, we've given away all of our offices because we just need room for kids. Like, we're told, we like have nowhere to hang out as a, as a team. But those are the things that the Lord does. And it's so phenomenal, so honoring to go, okay, we'll, we'll figure this out, but wow, this is amazing. So Revelation chapter 3, we're going to actually read the Word of God, which is really fun. In chap, uh, chapter 3, verse 14, it says this, To the angel of the church of Laodicea, uh, in Laodicea, right? These are the words of, of the Amen, the faithful and the and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. So he's speaking of himself, Jesus Christ. Verse fifteen says this: I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. We we've read that before. <sighs> So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You're like, what is this pastor doing? Why? I didn't even tell Tyler I was speaking on this. Like, this is what the Lord presented to me. He says, you're neither hot nor cold. Really a quick historical viewpoint of the the church of Laodicea. Um, They were in a spot where they didn't have any access to water. So this is literally about the water system. So they either had to bring water from one area that was really, really cold, and by the time it traveled all the way to them, it was lukewarm. And, and actually, maybe even to a degree, unusable. Then they had hot springs seven miles away where they would try and bring the hot water in, and by the time it got to them, it was lukewarm. And so Jesus is pointing out, hey, you're like your water system. You were once really cold and refreshing for the people, like a fresh cup of water on a hot day, but now you're lukewarm and nobody wants you. 
or you were really hot, like the, 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 the hot springs that bring health and vitality and healing to your body, but now you're lukewarm and that doesn't do anything for the body. He's like, you're neither hot nor cold. I've always thought like, you know, reading through it quickly, I always think like, man, I definitely don't want to be cold. And it really sounds like I don't want to get spit out of the Lord's mouth, so I'm not lukewarm, but I, so now I got to be on fire for the Lord. Amen. But he's saying, look, you're neither. You want to be cold and refreshing like a fresh cup of water for those who are, who are thirsty and dehydrated spiritually, or you need to be hot and be, be a, a, like a warm cup of coffee on a cold morning, like us. Oh, anybody else? It's just like... So he's really pointing this out, and the Laodicean church would go, uh-oh, we see. Because once... They met Jesus. They were on fire for the Lord. They were so passionate. The first love of God was so evident. And then it fizzled out. Because life. And because my passion for the Lord doesn't maintain. And so I, 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 go, I have this spiritual high. And then I kind of lose sight of that. Or, or I'm like this hot cup of water and then all of a sudden like just on fire and then all of a sudden just lukewarm. And I don't know about you, but I want to be effective in the ministry that God's called me to. And I'm not saying ministry as pastoral ministry. I'm just saying the ministry. You guys have been talking about that recently. Just the, the ministry that God's calling you to. It is a high calling. It is one that I go yes and amen to, but everyone has been called by the Lord. And so how am I effectively doing this? I don't want to be in the middle. I want to be cold or hot. And this is what he's talking about here. In verse 17, it says this, You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. Oh, man. And I truly think this might be worse than lukewarm, just so you know. I don't need a thing. We're comfortable We've got finance, we've got food, I've got a full belly. I'm, what do I, this is probably, I would say this is our, our American culture's worst enemy is comfort. And this is what we're coming up against, this is what we're, we're battling, this is what we're coming into, this is what we're living in. And we, we get a lot of this, including in the church, so maybe this is a heart check for some of us, but like, I don't really need anything. I don't need to push in. I don't need to back up. I'm really lukewarm. And the, and the Lord is saying, I've called you to be hot or cold because both bring something powerful to the body of Christ and to those around them. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. So he says you're, you're, you're rich and wealthy and because of that you don't need a thing. The comf- you've, you've bought the comfort of life so therefore you don't need God to intervene on anything on your behalf. Friends, you should always be leaning so far into the Lord where you have to get on your knees and go, Lord, I need you. 
Lord, I need to, I need to figure out how to, how to spend my wealth well, or Lord, I need you because I'm in poverty, whatever it might be financially. But I'm saying in spirit, I'm like, I need to lean in so far with the Lord and go, Lord, I, I feel like you're calling me to, to share the gospel with my coworker, but that's scary. So that's a great place to be in because you're leaning in and you're trusting that the Lord's going to give you the very words to speak at the hour of need is what Jesus says to his disciples. We want to be leaning into a place where we're, we're kind of nervous and scared a little bit in a healthy way that says, Lord, I need you. I need to trust in you because if I don't, then I'm just living in this lukewarm life. And so I want to encourage you. I'm telling you, these seats are going to be full. So it's going to be fun to see this, but it's because you are ministering out there and you're saying, oh, come on, come on. I got to see for you and watch and see what God's going to do. And you're leaning in instead of just in this space of lukewarm living. He says, he says, you do not realize he's, he says, you're wretched and pitiful, meaning you have everything you need, but you have nothing spiritually. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Wow! Like, this is where it's coming alive right here. You're going, he's saying, you're wretched and pitiful. And I'm like, oh gosh, Lord, check my heart, please, that you would, anything in me like that would just be cast away to the deepest parts of the ocean. And then he goes, he goes, you're poor. You know why? Because the Laodiceans were the richest around. They, they, were, they were heavily involved in the medical uh, field, if you would. Uh, they, they had linen and wool that, that they sold for, for crazy amounts of money. So they had so much wealth, he says, but yet you are poor. Wow, isn't that interesting? You can be as rich as you can be, but you could be the poorest person spiritually. You could be the poorest person, but be the most spiritually rich. Come on. So financial status doesn't matter. It matters where am I at with the Lord? And that matters. And then he goes, oh, by the way, you're also blind. Well, which is interesting because this salve that he talks about is a, is a healing agent that they were really good at, that they created here in Laodicea, that they would put on people's eyes that they would be able to see. So this is incredible. So they were like literally helping people gain vision. And he goes, yeah, but you're blind. You're spiritually blind. So he's taking all the things that they're really good at in the world and he's flipping them over and says, you have nothing. Oh my gosh, it's such a good heart check. It's one of those things where I go, Lord Jesus, may I see what you want to see. May I have vision like you have vision. Because friends, I'm really leaning into this more and more, but if, if you are prayerful and you are considerate and you are inviting the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you on the daily and you go, Lord, give me opportunity. He's gonna give you vision that you've never had ever before. Where you go, I've never noticed my coworker in this manner. You're going you're gonna to gain this spiritual discernment that's going to give you an awareness that says, wow. Okay, and then the Lord's going to say this, hey, it's time to go do what I've asked you to do. I'm giving you this door of opportunity to go spread the gospel in my name. And then he says, oh, by the way, you're also naked. And they're like, no, we're not. We got clothes on. 
He goes, well, this is the whole linen and wool. They, had, they were known for this black wool, this special sheep that carried, that, that, that produced these, these black sheep that produced this black wool that was, that was so rare that they were able to sell all over the place and gain these riches and then also clothe themselves with. He goes, yeah, you're clothed, but you're really naked. You're really spiritually naked. Verse 19 and 20, and I'll wrap it up. Those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So be earnest and repent. So here, here he's, he just lists out all of these things where you think you're this way, but really you're the actual opposite spiritually. So he's like saying, I'm giving you the second chance, an opportunity to repent. Repentance is such a good thing, friends. Like John says it this way. He says, be fruitful in keeping with repentance. Like, okay. Lord, I'm so sorry I had that bad thought. Lord, I'm so sorry I was negative with my kids. Lord, I'm so sorry, whatever. And be fruitful. I don't know about you, but I like a fruitful life. I want people to be able to pick from the tree that I'm producing via the Holy Spirit, of course. Come on, amen. So he says, man, I, I, love, I love you so much. Friends, this is the Lord saying, I love you so much, I'm going to point out the things that are taking you away from me. And it's your opportunity to lay it at the altar and go, Lord, I'm so sorry. And God is so abundantly full of grace where, grace, where sin abounds, grace all the more, and we have this opportunity to just lay it at his feet. And he says this, verse 20, he says, here am I, or excuse me, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. Isn't it interesting? He's talking to the church. Why is Jesus outside? He's talking to his people. This is the church in Laodicea. And he goes, Hello? Oh, we don't, we're good. We're good, Jesus. We'll call you when we're in need or desperation. But for now, I'm good with my coffee and donuts. I'm good with my lazy boy. I'm good with my big, huge TV and Netflix. I'm good with all of the things with my iPhone and iWatch and iPad and all the things. I am set up, Lord. But hey, if something goes awry, <laughs> you know you're the first one I'll call. Come on. This is probably convicting for some of us. And the Lord is like, hey, why is Jesus knocking on the door of the church he paid for in his blood? Wow. So friends, let us never become the believer who keeps Jesus outside and only beckons him when we need him. But he says this, he says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, this is a twofold thing. I hear and then I get off my bottom and I go open the door. It's the, it's the James verse, right? Don't just be a mere hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. It's this dual action. It's not just hearing. 
I don't just hear the things of God. Oh, I love salvation is so great. And it's, I can't wait to, to share the gospel. And then you never do anything with it. But it's a, it's a both and. So it says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. So blessing, blessing, blessing. He's going to come in and, and, and be with you. And I think we would all agree that this is a wonderful thing. Yes, amen? amen? And then he says, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So not only will he come in and be present, but he's going to dine with you. He's going to commune with you. He wants relationship with you. And the very thing that we receive, we can also give. And so the Lord is calling us to be a church that says, this is the Jesus that's knocked on my door. I opened it, and man, he's radically transformed my life and done a work so much greater than I have ever seen in, in my life. So let's be a church that just opens the door of opportunity. But let's be a wise church and say, Lord, in due time, in your pace, in your, like we're, we're paying attention to what you want. And let's see what you do through this. Um, I would love to just maybe have you guys stand. I'm just going to pray, pray out because I, I, I was going to be like, let's do another worship song, but let's, let's stand together. I just will share these, this last, this last slide as you stand. Just three keys to the door. Three keys. Number one, will you anticipate, anticipate Christ? Like, be ready. So when he knocks, oh, yeah, game time. Let's go. Like, I want, I want to be ready. So I'm like, oh, come on, come on, Lord, come on, come on, come on. All right, I'm waiting for you. Come on, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm not going to open it until you knock. You know, I want, to be in the, I want to be in the gate, ready to roll. So number one, anticipate. The second thing is respond and open the door. Like, I got to go open it. I don't just go, cool, I love that you're there. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respond to whatever he's in, he inviting me into. And then I, I want to build relationship. With, I want to dine with him. I want to I have relationship with him. That, that is your private time with Jesus. You need to build that up like crazy so that when times of adversity come, you know what to do. You do what you practice. You don't rise to the occasion. You do what you practice. So if I've been practicing with Jesus day in and day out in the mundane and the boring and the, huh, okay, I'm going to do my Bible devotion again. Didn't get much out of that. It didn't feel like super spiritual, but you are allowing the word of God to dwell so richly within you. Like Paul says, like you're ready to go when he calls. So dine with him, eat with him, and build this relationship with him. And let's be the church that's ready to open that door when he knocks. Because if you're ready, he's going to use you to knock on somebody else's door and be like, do you know my Jesus? All right, let's pray. Jesus, Lord, I thank you for for, uh, Modesto Foursquare Church. I thank you that they're a church eager and ready to do whatever it is you want to do. So Father, I pray for incredible discernment 
I pray for wisdom. I pray that you would begin to do the very things individually in each of us, Lord, that, that number one, we would take, take account for our own lives. Lord, are we hot? Are we cold? Or maybe are we lukewarm? And come to your altar in repentance, Lord. I don't want to rely on the resources of this world. I want to rely on your resources. So Jesus, have your way in me. Lord, I want to be spiritually rich. I want to be spiritually full. I want to be spiritually hydrated. I want, to, I want to be so transfixed on you, Lord, that when you knock on the door, I'm ready to respond with whatever it is that you have me do. So Jesus, I pray for an anointing and a blessing upon everybody in here, Jesus, that they would be so ready, so willing, so excited to do whatever it is that you're asking them to do, Lord, so that when these seats are filled, you have eyes to see uh, what, what is next, Lord Jesus, what you have coming down the pike in this next year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years, whatever it might be, Lord, that you would do just an amazing work through this body of Christ. Lord, I thank you for them, Lord. I honor them and bless them in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. 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 Shoot. Is this like, go, okay, you guys are good to go. You guys love you.